everybody. Welcome to episode 38 of the Heroes Die podcast, Ether Or. I'll tell you, this was a fun one to GM, mostly because the players actually did what I thought they were going to do. And that meant my preparation felt relevant. Savor it while you can, because it's never going to happen again. In other news, we moved back to Chicago at the beginning of this year. I think I mentioned that previously. And it has been so nice being back in a city where we have community. Uh, Will and his partner Maggie came over last week for dinner. That was great. And who else lives in the city? Ben. Ben lives in the city, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen him or even heard from him yet, but I mean, that's not, that's not a big deal. That's not weird or anything, right? I mean, like I'm certainly not upset or offended or worried by it. No way. Not me. Nuh-uh. We're still friends for sure. So anyway, enjoy this week's episode of the Heroes Die podcast. It is a little weird though, right? It just gives you a lot to think about. Hey everybody, how are we doing this week? <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. I'm, hey, I'm super glad to hear it. Super glad to hear it. I got a question for you this week. Oh. Uh, what extreme sport are you most interested in either continuing or partaking in for the first time? Mm. Like realistically? Like sport, do you mean something like at the X Games or um, or could it be anything that you might see like on ESPN The Ocho? <laughs> Will wants to say dodgeball, everybody. Just no, I don't. I, I hate dodgeball. I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, what other sport is on The Ocho? <laughs> Squirrel water skiing. Yeah, fucking pickleball. I'll go <laughs> first. I'll go first. I've never skydived. I don't think skydiving is particularly interesting, but the skydiving where you wear like the squirrel suits and you can mm. actually like travel Maneuver uh, yourself. Yeah. distances Make choices. more than just straight up and down, I would kill to do that. Yeah, squirrel So that kind cool. of skydiving, I associate more closely with base jumping which is the extreme, extreme version of skydiving because people die far more frequently. Yeah, you're way closer to the ground when you start. Yeah, it's just much shorter travel time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get over like faster. Skip I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Right. Uh, I, would, I would love to, to be like a vert skater, like a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. That looks so fun and cool and impossible to start. Uh, I don't know how you just like make your first drop in into like a fucking 30 foot half pipe. Do you think that in any realistic way and and by realistic, I mean like bounds of bounds of possibility uh-huh. are, are past the point of being able to do that? I, I at this point, yes, I like I picked up skateboarding a little bit during the pandemic and stuff, bought one, enjoyed like just pushing around in like empty parking lots and stuff. It was a great way to get outside and get some space from people and stuff. Um, and I sucked at it. I, I was very bad. It's not a natural thing. I think I don't have the right body type or anything for it. Um, and then and then breaking my arm in a bike accident this past summer over a relatively simple I just I, I slammed on my brakes to avoid getting hit by a car. Like, yeah, no, there's there's no way I can I could ever become a vert skater at this point. I just mm. know it. Yeah. Both of mine have to do with animals, I think. <laughs> I I because I, I thought about scuba diving, but I guess that's not like an extreme sport. Sure. When I, I don't Googled, know, is it when I give extreme sports <sighs> prior to asking this question, I said extreme sports list, Google, show me what you got. It gave me scuba diving. It oh, also well, gave that... me extreme ironing, which is where you bring okay, an ironing board to a dangerous place and iron yeah, there. So it was kind of a goofy <laughs> list, but I count scuba diving. 
Okay. Well, because I was going to say, if, if scuba diving didn't count, I would love to do the um, the shark cage thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Those do look fun. You go down there and you, you know, you poke out a little bit of meat for the shark to eat or something, you know? Yeah. yeah and then it breaks through the cage. Yeah. Yeah. And you turn to Richard Dreyfus. Is that a sport? Mm-hmm. I was about to ask Honest this question. question. Yeah. I don't know. Extreme it's hobby, extreme. I would say. Extreme Get activity. Extreme hobby. Extreme hobby. Extreme hobby. Absol- I, just a question. It was just a question. Yeah. Well, like, for what makes skydiving a sport? Or scuba diving. You, there is skill it, involved are. in making sure that you hit the land without exploding. But if I do that with someone attached to me that's a professional, am I doing the sport? That is the first step of doing the sport. You can't do it alone But it's first. not doing the sport. I think it's doing the sport. No, it is. I think in the same way that like when you learn to drive, right? If you want to be a race car driver, the first time you do it, you have an instructor in the car. Yeah, but you don't. About rules. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, I think, think sport is like is, incredibly I, difficult to define. So I'm. I'm. I'm yeah, yeah. I, like I think the question semantics. has more to do That's with iterability. <laughs> Right, like if it, it's an, an extreme sport like scuba diving or skydiving, you're doing many times, and I wonder if there is a lot of repeat business for people going down in the cage and feeding sharks, and if that maybe. Maybe, Maybe they really I get into know. it. I I, I will know. say the other one I was going to say is for sure a sport, which is I would love to do the running of the bulls. Yeah, mm. that would be fun. And that I would really like to do. I don't want to. I don't want to go watch a bull fight, but I do want to do the running of the bulls where they get a chance to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> evening of the odds arguably they always have a chance to kill you no for sure Ooh. but like but like the it's a different the fighting thing effort on the bull just part. yeah yeah they're slowly slain uh yeah while a, while a crowd of people watches that's happy but I, I the running of the bulls just the whole the festival around it and everything i've always wanted to i've always wanted to do it if i were going to pick one activity to like become like good at skilled in spend a lot of time doing i think it would be scuba diving i've been scuba diving a handful of times in my life and i just think it is like the most magical experience ever you can be upside down gravity feels like it's working differently uh and you can just go wherever you want you stay underwater you see big fish like sea turtles it's just it's just absolutely incredible i i love scuba diving i think it's the dopest thing i'm just never lived anywhere where Becoming good at it or getting licensed was like a practical pursuit. Yeah. Are you interested in underwater splunking? That always Cave, seems yeah. kind of scary. Fuck that. Yeah. Spelunking. Spelunking, right? Spelunking. Spelunking. Yeah. Spelunking just sounded like something else entirely. Oh, like that spelunging? Calvin Hobbes comic where he goes, hey, Hobbes, do you want to go spelunking? And Hobbes says, yeah. And then they go running off to the side and they're throwing huge rocks into the water that go spelunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one. Calvin at the Bill Watterson estate coming for us now too. God damn it. Will Harold? Uh, it's funny. I mean, I am just, I think you all know this. Nothing about dangerous extreme sports really naturally a- appeals to me. So I Not extreme. I will give you that. Yeah, not an extreme person. <laughs> um, but I thought about like a long um, hiking trail, something like the Appalachian Trail or the the um, pilgrimage says, uh, you know, um, what, Santiago de Compostela in, sp- in space, in Spain. Um, no. In space. <laughs> now it's extreme. Before yeah, it wasn't. I, uh, now it's crazy. I have I another the, screenplay to write. I did, I did the space Camino, actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Galactic St. James. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say that, like, the full AT is extreme, extreme adjacent. You know what I you mean? You can certainly die doing the Appalachian Trail. You mm-hmm. can die taking a bath. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, Rudy. You can die opening a can of tuna. 
Some of us have depression and could die at any time, you know? This is also true. (laughs) Yeah, this I think has to do with like the adrenaline feature, which it sounds like you are not, well, in scuba diving, I don't really associate with adrenaline, to be honest. Shark shark feeding. Shark feeding, yes. Um, (laughs) Anything you do that can go wrong can have adrenaline associated with it, like sleeping. (laughs) All true, all true. My first answer to this question, just to be totally transparent, was skateboarding, but for travel. (laughs) (laughs) i have a purpose with it yeah just to go faster kick Mm -hmm. push my way to work well i just want you to know that i think you're an extremely terrific person why did you say it like that you could just because it's like extreme cole i think i'm kind of similar to will (laughs) like uh extreme sports for the most part don't hold a lot of um sway on my heart but I am a gym rock climber, which I don't think of as very extreme, but I do think of certain rock climbing, actual rock climbing as like very extreme. Absolutely. And so I think like it would be really cool being as average as I am at that to find out what it's like to be really, really, really good at it and the Mm -hmm. level of freedom you have and like what you can see and where you can go and the amount you can learn about how to rely on your body. Like Mm -hmm. that seems really exciting. Um, Yeah. So do you see yourself going outside and like doing like bouldering in a state park or, you know, doing some vertical stuff in, you know, a, a a belayed environment? Yeah, I don't, I don't do a ton of top rope or lead climbing stuff. Um, I mostly boulder. And so I think it would probably be that transition for me. Um, Mm -hmm. it's also like arguably kind of a little bit scarier to go outside and boulder than go outside and top rope. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that'd be a lot of fun. Like it's a cool and it's a really cool community. Like that's the one thing that I really love about it. So actually everything that I love about rock climbing are the not extreme parts. I like puzzles <laughs> and people. Yeah. I, I got, I got to say, Cole, I, um, I'm starting to dabble with rock climbing. Cause if you live in Los Angeles long enough, someone will convince you to go to a rock climbing gym with them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I watched free solo and I was like, this is a fascinating documentary and I kind of hate this guy. And then, like, this, how reckless and dangerous it is was, like, very not attractive to me. Rock climbing gyms are the shit. (laughs) I I, I think that's awesome. But, like, doing it to that point, I'm like, man, this is so not worth it. It's hard for me to see how it's still fun at that point. Like, the kind where, like, you're hanging upside down and stuff? Well, so, like, Like when you're climbing the rock? No. So, the, the, I know very little about rock climbing. (laughs) This dude, Alex Honnold, um, is a free climber, which means he does like top rope level climbs, which are the ones where you're on a rope, but without any gear, right? It's just him. So he did truly nothing. So he did El Capitan in Yosemite um, without anything. And and that is like the, the rock, right? In the United States, like that is the rock. And- there is like Morgan's pointing out something really interesting about him, which is like, there are people who love him and he's willing to just do this and like potentially kill himself doing it. Right. And he talks about that in the thing. He's like, I think there's just something different about me that I don't see my life the way other people see their lives. (laughs) And there is some selfishness inside of it that is kind of confirmed by the folks around him. It's a very interesting look at what a person will do. I've also heard that, like he has a condition, like a, a genetic condition where like he doesn't have the same fear response 
that that's correct. We do. No, that, that's what he it, speaks to. They've done they've done tests on him. It, it, it it's not just. I got I got to cover the bases now because I've come down on Alex Honnold and he also has like some um, degree of, uh, <laughs> but like neurodivergence where it's like almost a form of Asperger's where his brain doesn't recognize uh, fear responses in the same way that that we normally do and so what mm-hmm. the various scenarios that are supposed to make you feel like um, careful or fearful right his brain just does not respond to that. And it makes him extremely talented at climbing up rocks, right? And he has this kind of theory that he's like, and so I'm, well, I'm pretty sure, Morgan, tell me if you remember this differently. Some of why he does this climbing is he's like, is it even possible for me to feel that? Like, it's almost like the possibility boundary he's pushing isn't, can my body make it up the rock? It's, can my mind feel fear the way that other people tell me it is supposed to happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the answer so far has been no. Speaking mm-hmm. of feeling fear, we've got Alex on the lines. Guys... <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. As you head further south. Hey guys, I'm calling from Kilimanjaro. Still not scared. <laughs> Fuck you, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Love the podcast. Love the podcast. Long time listener. Oh, fuck a goat. Stay away. <laughs> Wait, is that him dying at the end of that? Thing? Yeah, the the goat kicked him off. <laughs> the goat kicked him off. Got it, got it. Uh, well, at least oh. it wasn't a golden eagle grabbing him. That looks like the worst way to go off a mountain. Oh, that would sound like, oh no, a golden eagle. Go away. <laughs> Car. <laughs> I I heard the difference. Did you? I, oh, I caught the difference. Yeah, I was able to. I was able to hear the. Difference. Glad I'm working on my specificity. No, I appreciate that's that. good. I yeah. appreciate that. Narration helps. <laughs> At the end of last session, y'all had decided to head south further into the Aaron Tower. Sven is in position. He is champing at the bit, ready to go. Uh, the rest of you are still in the entryway. The site of much bloodshed over the last couple of episodes. <laughs> Some time could have been the site of beautiful feasting and camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, now, now you can feast on all the carcasses of dinosaurs and Zulgaths so far. You had some big fights, you killed some big dinos, Pinacosauruses, did some healing, did a little bit of exploring, learned a little bit more about your space. Now you're heading south, I think. What's going on? We're heading south. Uh, That's what I think. Knock it do down, it. Sven. Let's ride. I'm going to move these boulders out the way so the horse can get through. Those horse could also step over the rocks, but don't want to put them out. Claude looks down at you and just... Put yourself in some marching order there. Um, if you want to deconstruct the big rocks so that Claude can get through easily, that'll take a little bit of time. Otherwise, you're looking at an athletics check to get over them. Claude will take a little bit of time hauling rocks away. Yeah, yeah, we'll just move it away. Okay. So we'll say that those three rocks are no longer an obstruction. Cool. And you proceed further into a much darker room, bare stone floors, bare stone walls, and there are no sconces on the walls in here. So yeah, you're, you're just entering the room right there. Let's stay there for just a moment. We're going to be a little bit more specific with our movement in this room. Off to the east, there is a 10-foot wide corridor going in that direction. It is very dark here, so you'll need to sort out some light for yourselves. Does anybody have a flashlight or 
Power shower. Flash! Light! And Lighten makes a little lightning flash and then cast light on your hammer. Very good. Aha! Okay, so Sven has light on his hammer. Sam put a little radius on him. Yeah, what's up? I just want to reiterate that Eugene is probably casting Detect Magic throughout this whole period. Yeah, absolutely. So you're pinging, you're pinging Detect Magic. That's what you're doing as you're moving around. If other people want to list their exploration mode activities, uh, please do. Tell me what you think that looks like. And Eugene, the only magic you detect are the various magical items you're already aware of. And that brief flare as Sven's hammer is lit up. Uh, do we see anything now, given the light uh, emanating? So, Sven, you've got bright light in an area 20 feet around you. That's that inner circle there. And then dim light running out to 40 feet. As you move forward, you're able to make out the fact that the room starts to end and fall off. You can sort of have a sense of emptiness uh, starting about 25 feet away from you. And I will reveal just a little bit more of the map here as you move forward. Sven has moved 20 feet further south into the center of the room. As you get there, towards the edge of that precipice that is becoming a little bit more defined for you now, you see that there are like piles of white matter on the ground. You're not sure what it is. Cocaine bear. We're doing cocaine bear. <laughs> Eugene cast transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, we can actually do cocaine there. <laughs> but so, Sam, uh, off to our east here. Is this a hallway that's open? What's the gap in the wall? That is a hallway, yes. And I'll reveal some area there. Still nothing from Detect Magic, Sam? Still nothing pinging on Detect Magic, no. Well, it looks like the ground is getting uh, rougher as we go south, perhaps to the less finished portion of the under tower. Yes, uh, do we wish to go down the hallway or explore this more deconstructed area? I love hmm. a little bit of deconstruction. Yes, let's approach closer here. And Sven, as you get to the edge of that... If you get, as you get to the edge of that precipice, the ground underneath your feet begins to crumble. Give me a reflex save. Oh. Oh, but that's, uh, that's not going to be very good. Um, uh... How does a 13 look? A 13 looks like you tumbling down the precipice. You reach a hand back. White puffs of whatever substance is on the ground spray up. Give me another reflex save. You're trying to grab an edge. Huh? Uh, a 20. A 20? You grab an edge. Woo! Can we grab And when your hand comes into contact with that white dust on the ground... Something inside of you begins to not feel quite right. Give me a fortitude save. Okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sven's yikes. getting keyed up. Sven yeah. has never done cocaine. Uh-huh. Uh, 27. 27. Sven has done a ton That's of cocaine. Face. Yeah, he's fine. He's got parties. Yeah. He's his, uh, his engine is revved up. You are still there hanging on, grabbing on by a, le- uh, grabbing on by a ledge. Without moving your pieces, what are other people doing right now? Oh, goodness. Uh, Leighton is going to throw a rope over to Sven and uh, start tying it to Claude. Okay, Sven, grab so on! You're, I'm going to say that you are pulling out rope right now. 
Uh, I think I did the whole thing. Heard. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go. With, we'll go with mine on this one. Huh. Eugene, you're there. What do you do in the moment when Sven falls? I mean, I think he. I think he tries to move close to him to to give him a hand. All right. So you're going to start. You you want to move forward and start so giving take him a, a couple, hand. Yeah, I'll move absolutely like two squares south to him. As you uh, begin to take that first step forward, Sven, you start to hear. And you look up over your shoulder behind you and you see bats hanging from the ceiling, letting go, dropping down and coming towards you. Roll for initiative. Oh, all of us or just Ben? Everybody. It's a mother. I've got this alone. (laughs) Nice. And Eugene, I'll say that you got one square closer. Leighton, you have the rope in hand. You've already had that interact with it. All right, everybody's in the initiative tracker. We've got Svend at 28, the Professor at 27, Eugene at 23, Andruk at 22. Nice little pairs here, pairs of adjacency. And Leighton down there at eight. He is busy fumbling with the rope. Fumbling and bumbling. Mm-hmm. All right, Svend. First thing you see is this bat swarm coming at you. I'm going to open up a little bit more of the visual field here. Oh, shit. Hmm. But, Sven, you have rolled a higher initiative than it. I in the bat. Sven, you're hanging on by an edge. Uh, I want to... There's at least probably one action, maybe two actions, I'm not sure, uh, to climb back up. Uh, yeah, so it'll be one action to, to move and climb back up those that... Is that an athletics check or? Yeah, that'll be an athletics check. The professor yells, Svend, if you hold on just a second, I can help you with this. Thank you, but I'm more concerned about getting up as soon as possible. I I really wish you would hold on just a second and let me help you with this. Okay. (laughs) Cole, this is what I was talking about on Saturday. Oh, how fucking dare you, Will. (laughs) You want to reopen this wound? All right, you want to know what Will's extreme about? Will's extreme about between two cities. Will's pretty intense about the board game between two cities. (laughs) That's what is an extreme sport for Will Harrell. Yeah. (laughs) Did you you two play two cities again and have a bad time again? Yeah, Will melted down. The fun thing about this is we don't even have to be on the same team. He just hates me. <laughs> I, think, I think that's obviously untrue. Yeah, we'll, we'll move back into the game here. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to hold on then. Um, yeah, I'll pass my turn. All right, you're going to hold your turn, I think, um, or delay. Yeah. And the professor, that brings I us to your turn. guarantee Prof's about to cast Grease. Yes. The <laughs> professor casts Grease all over Sven. <laughs> Wait, I meant Featherfall. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but the pres- professor is going to issue a diabolic edict, which uh, commands uh, Sven to climb back up over the wall. So this will give you, if you choose to do actions or attack rolls or skill checks related to performing that task, you gain a plus one status bonus to those rolls. If you do something other than that, you get a minus one. I assume that you're going to be trying to climb out of here. Yes, I think expressly, uh, yes. (laughs) 
I mean, it's one of the one of the rules of establishing yourself as a leader is to begin giving instructions that only a fool wouldn't follow, and people will get accustomed to listening to you. And we can watch as the professor begins to manipulate Sven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my brain, very interested in this storyline. Professor, how many actions is that? That is a two-action spell. What are you going to do with your third action? Actually, no, I'm sorry. That's a one-action spell. One-action spell? What are you going to do with your next two actions? I don't know. I'll probably walk around somewhere. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, with my other... Two legs a little bit. <laughs> I didn't think I had that far. That was a two-action spell. Um, the professor uh, runs down to Leighton and says, uh, Is there anything I can help you with? No, I think you giving him a diabolic edict to climb a wall is going to sort of super command above the rope throwing. Well, it's, it's only authoritarian in the strictest uh, legal sense, I suppose. Uh, That's but, sort uh, of where I operate, Prof. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right, you're right. I have no free will anymore. <laughs> All right, Professor, I think you have one action left. Are you going to use it or are you going to burn it? Um, uh, I'm going to burn it. All right, Sven, it's your turn. All righty. Do you uh, want to climb this wall, or do you want to take a penalty on doing Sven, something Yeah, else? resolute, really, now, <laughs> in his thinking, uh, to, to climb. Uh, that will be a 20. A 20? You're able to... And you claw your way back onto the same platform as everybody else. Thank you, Professor. You have broken my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, one action, a move action. What are you going to do next? Um, let's see. Those bats are still pretty far away, huh? Not too much. Uh, he's going to use a second move action just to get a little bit further away from the precipice uh, and back up uh, so as to not maybe get uh, tangled in the bats. Uh, mm-hmm. And already himself. Yeah. And already himself. Eugene, you're up. Probably by drawing out his hammer because uh, he probably didn't have that out when he was like climbing and almost falling. Probably not. I think Eugene's going to be like, let's get the heck out of here. And then he's going to run 5, 10, 30 feet uh, to the east towards the uh, hallway they haven't explored yet. All right, Eugene, booking it. Andruk, or that's one action. Oh, I, can I move more times? Yes. For other actions? Yep, that's what he's going to do. And he's going to keep running. 5, 10, 15, 20, 5. And getting ready for a reveal here. Uh, Give you a little bit of a reveal. Uh, you are if you take magic, anything? You're you're not de- so detecting magic in initiative is going to be an action, oh. um, which you can do as you hit the edge of the dim light. You are now uh, presented with like a wall of darkness. Mm-hmm. I've revealed a little bit more of the areas, which would be inaccurate. But well, he's a goblin. Do you have dark vision? I do. Isn't that one of the that is that one of the that's one of the things that you can choose right or do, do all goblins have dark vision mm. morgan if you want to take a if you want to look that up you see right in front of you an empty hallway that is in darkness and you've cast detect magic and you've moved twice so that's a full turn you can look up the dark vision in between so Andruk, it's your turn what are you going to do so druk was thinking back to the the hornet swarm that they encountered earlier on at the mill um mm-hmm. and Duke wanted to yell out, "Y'all, Yo, you might want to spread out a bit. Remember the hornet swarm." And uh, then pull out his bow and get into point blank stance. Pulls out his bow, gets into point blank stance. All right, so that's an interact. Point blank stance is an action. Anything else with the third? Oh, um, Duke will do what he practice, what he preached, and spread out a little bit. 
<laughs> moves uh, about 20 feet to the west. All right. That is Andruk's turn. And now it is the Bat Swarm's turn. And Bat Swarm's going to Bat Swarm. It's going to get right on Spend and Claude's space. I'm going to need reflex saves from both of them. Not rabies for Claude. Is that a reflex save you said? Oh, out of the box. Yeah, reflex save. Ooh, 24. 30. Uh, 30 is a critical success. 24 is not. So you are going to take one point of damage. Oof. <laughs> As the a bats stinger. come flapping around you. And cramping. Uh, but they're not able to find much purchase on you. That is the bat swarm's turn. Oh, you know what? Give me another reflex save. Okay. He's drunk with power. 23. 23, pass. 26. 26. Well, I had a 24 last time and didn't pass. You did pass. You took half damage. Oh, okay. You are also going to take one point of damage, Claude, on your pass, and you take no points of damage on the critical success, Sven. That is a move and two blood feast abilities. More like a blood snack, really. (laughs) Lol. And now it is... Sam, I do have dark vision. I would love to see what's down there. Okay, I'll show you in just a moment. And now it is the second vampire bat swarm. <laughs> oh, motherfucker. Vampire bats. <laughs> as they come flapping around and are going to... Let's check their movement speed. Goldbat used leech life. Sam, that's a Pokemon reference. Didn't register. Uh, thank you. I do appreciate that, and I don't understand it, as you all know. Uh it has the movement to get here in two, and I'm going to need reflex saves from Leighton and the Professor. Oh, dip. Oh, dear. Oh, dip. Uh, 23. 23. Uh, that is a... 12. 12 is a fail? No, I'm sorry. 22. 22. 13 on the die. Not a three on the die. All right. 22. 22. Both of those are basic successes. You're each going to take... One point of damage. Oof. We're pretty quick. They're bleeding us out. Now it's Leighton's turn. Leighton, what you got? Many rounds later, there's a TPK. <laughs> In roughly 11 minutes, we'll all be dead. I'm so sleepy from this slow loss of blood. <laughs> it's like freezing to death, though. That's the worst way to go, I suppose. Surrounded by the bodies of my friends. The white powder had my heart racing. And this now... is what Ron must have felt like. <laughs> um, well, if you want to kick out, kick out. So Claude is going to... Take a swing Mm -hmm. for a 17 to hit. 17 to hit? That is a hit. That is uh, nine points of bludgeoning damage. All right. Even in the midst of this bat swarm, little furry bodies, leathery wings in your eyes, in your face, you get the impression that not all of that is going through. Yeah, I imagine like Maximus from Tangled. He hit the deck and then snapped one hoof straight up into the air and punted a bat right into the ceiling and was like, ah, bullshit. Um, And so he's going to split. So Leighton is going to run the opposite direction over towards Eugene and kind of split the distance in this hallway here. Um, And then he's going to say, Professor, duck, also, sorry, and throw a frigid splash at the northern bat 
swarm that is going to splash down to the southern bat swarm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to roll to hit here. Oh, no. Uh, that is going to be a 15. 15 to hit. Just hits. Ooh. Okay, so that is going to be 1d6, which is six points, nice, of cold damage plus one splash cold damage. And that hits your boy, now, the, the professor? The, so the southern, it splashes onto the professor and the southern bat swarm. Is it splashing onto itself, or is it, it only takes the damage the one time from the d6 that you rolled? I believe it takes 1d6 plus one. And I think the professor and the other batswarm each take one. That's how I'm reading this, but it is a, it's a little bit unclear. It says, you splash a glob of ice that splatters your target in nearby creatures. Make a spell attack. If you hit, you deal 1d6 cold damage plus one splash cold damage. On a critical success, other things happen. Okay, so you think that it splashes onto its onto the creature that you are targeting as well, is what I It's as if you hit, you deal that damage, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if it's reading you, read it, it splashes into all of the adjacent squares. It's occupying those adjacent squares. So I think that it makes sense for it to have hit the swarm that you have targeted as well. I believe so. So Rudy, you just take the one point of cold damage. And you see that that does a lot of damage as frigid little bats are falling everywhere. That is the end of Layton's turn. Is Claude doing anything? Uh, He punted the one bat and ran away, so he's all good. Okay. That is the end of round one, the top of round two. It should be the professor's turn, but wait a minute. Something seems to be happening as appearing. Golbat is evolving, but it's already at the highest level. (laughs) It's already evolving. Out of nowhere, in front of Andruk, a gigantic spider shimmers into existence. Oh, God and spits a gout of web Ugh. at Andruk. Gout of web? Ugh. I'm trying to hit him to the wall. That's a 21 to hit. That hits. Oh, no. All right. So this globule of web comes, hits you in the chest. You are stuck to the wall behind you, and you are immobilized by a web trap. It is then going to chomp out at you, Andruk. That's a 28 to hit. Yeah, it hits. All right, Andruk, you are going to take 15 points of damage. Oh, fuck. And I'm going to need a fortitude save. Eugene, I don't think we're escaping. Uh, it's a 24. That is a success. That is the ether spider's turn. Whew. It's the professor's turn. And the professor says, I'm not going to stand here and watch my friend's small intestines be slurped out of his stomach like so much jelly while he's still alive. I'm out of here. <laughs> and he turns around and runs away. Who's he talking <laughs> no, about? No, no. He... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, you're going to be fine. <laughs> no, no. No, the professor uh, uh, leaps to leaps to Andruk's defense and... And uh, shoots a uh, and uh, produces flame at the spider. Produces flame at the spider. All right, roll to hit. That is a plus ten. A sixteen to hit. Come on, a sixteen to hit. Big soft belly. Come on, come on. It's got it. It's got an abdomen and a thorax. Come on. Sixteen to hit is a miss. Oh fuck! Hold steady, Andruk. Hold steady. And uh, the professor is going to at least uh, spread out from the uh, bat swarm and. 
and uh, and runs uh, to the north just above the uh, attacking spider. Understood. Professor shoots some flame, doesn't have the aim, bats are getting in the way, and then moves. Come to the aid of his friend. Sven, you're up. Uh, Sven is going to step over to the spider, yelling, Someone else deal with these bites. I'm going to do with the big-legged fellow. Uh, step up and double swing. Hmm. Ooh, okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, 31. 31? That is a crit, my friend. Yes. You're going to be a crit. Okay. <laughs> By the power of friendship, <laughs> I'm going to roll like dog shit. Um, uh, still not bad. 18 points of damage. 18 points of damage. My goodness. And that was second. only the first slice. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Crit it again. How does a 19 hit for the second? 19 does not hit. Ooh. Oh. Alrighty. We're looking at a 20 or a 21 here, boys. Next up is Eugene. Eugene, let me tell you what you see down there, since you do indeed have dark vision. You can see all the way to the end of the hallway. You can see at the end, there is a passage going north, and about 15 feet away from you, you can see a passage going south. Okay. And it doesn't seem like anybody's there. Oh, boy. <laughs> mm, we've stumped him. Just keep Yo. going. See what's out there. Yeah. Mm. What have these guys ever done for you? Meanwhile, the spider's got a straw down on Druk's throat. <laughs> Just stirring it back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever you do, advance, can you help me out? Yeah, Eugene's just gonna run 5, 10, 15, 20, 30. So he's gonna move, yeah. Oh, Slams back into the room, shoves Leighton up against the wall, calls him a nerd. <laughs> Ow! Yeah. Lockers him. Uh, I'm two and a half times your size, Ow! <laughs> so yeah, he's going to stand right there, and then he's going to cast uh, Pummeling Rubble. Um, Ahead of which it? Is, which is I like love a, that Frank Zappa album. It's such a good one. <laughs> it's like a 15 foot cone. Um, it's a, a spray of heavy rocks flies through the air in front of you the rubble deals 2d4 bludgeoning damage to each creature in the area and then they need to attempt a reflex save so the way yeah I'm shooting is at those the two uh, swarms absolutely coming in do it do it do it swarm in front we're looking at a 23 swarm in That's... back even better uh, so those are both successes. Um, not a critical success, but you'll, you'll take half damage. Mm -hmm. So 2d4 divided by 2. I can't wait to hear this. No, that's 44. Uh, so it's 7. How do you round down or up, Sam? You round down, you see cool. the first swarm disperses. Cool. Nice. Get splashed. And the other swarm seems to be on its last legs. And then Eugene's going to shout, let's get the hell out of here. That's his turn. Eugene's turn. Andruk, you're up. Um, I think Druk's going to say something like, I would love to. 
<laughs> um, something like that. Not to be yeah, his friends yeah. all sidle towards the exit. Yeah. Uh, and then he's gonna shoot some arrows at this uh, at this spider. Here we go. First roll. It's a twelve on the die for twenty-five. Twenty-five is a hit. Uh, it's uh, seven points of damage. Seven points of damage. And my second attack is an eighteen. Not gonna hit. Eighteen is a miss. With Andruk's last uh, last action, he's going to cast Guidance, and he's going to do it by in- encouraging uh, Claude. Claude, kick him where it hurts. Break it, Claude. Spider balls, Claude. All eight of them. That is Andruk's turn. <laughs> one under Connected each with the first Just arrow. <laughs> Screams Guidance <laughs> at the horse next to him. <laughs> It's like a like a truck nut under each leg. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> you're up. Yeah, I mean, Andruk is one of Claude's six favorite people. Um, so he's absolutely going to kick this spider where it hurts. Uh, so that includes does that include Ron? No, none of you have <laughs> met the other one. Um, he misses on the first attack, Dude. which I assume uses the guidance, and now it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's not too good with common. Oh, but a natty 19 is going to be a 25 to hit. 25 is a hit. All right. That is going to be six, 10 points of damage. 10 points of damage. I think that's all going through. Yeah, he gets it right in the mandibles. Cracking shot right in the face. Cracking shot, my friend. (laughs) Cracking shot. Marvelous. Uh, And Leighton, for his part, is going to... He's going to call up his inner Clay Thompson and go splash brother on this fucking bat swarm. Um, so here comes another frigid splash. That is going to be an 18 to hit. And you nuke it. It is. Bang. There. Yeah, bats Bats come raining down, frozen, shattering on the ground. Some of them do indeed escape to live another day. But that bat swarm has been dispersed. They're going to come back at level 20. And that's two actions. Um, what knowledge check would I be rolling on this spider? Is he a natural spider or is he a not natural spider? Um, it is n- naturally occurring. You can give me arcana, nature, or occultism actually for this critter. Uh, I'll go nature. 23. 23? This is an ether spider. So what would you like to, what would you like to know about it? Can you talk to me about the poison? The poison? Absolutely. Devil ether. It's bad. Uh, You take, in stage one, 1d6, clumsy. After that, damage is going up, clumsy is going up, and you start slowing down. How how hard is it to resist? You know that Andruk, who's like pretty fortitudinous, looked like he gave it a really good effort, and you think he had a little bit of breathing room? On, on what he did, but not a ton. Okay, so I think Leighton's going to call out, Andruk, that poison is nasty. Keep yourself safe. We'll handle it. Um, and that is the I end just of his love, turn. Hey, just, just stay safe and let's get out of here are the pieces of advice you're getting while immobilized and stuck to the wall. <laughs> well, in case you have anything you can do that can prove your saves. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Leighton uh, shouts uh, generically uh Pat advice from the corner. Every dog has its day. Uh, <laughs> Pancreas is getting pulled out of his ears. <laughs> Jesus. 
Rudy, so do you, what do you, Rudy, general opinions on spiders? Bad? Hey, man. They're like serial killers. <laughs> All right, that is the end of round two, the top of round three. The bat swarms are no more, but another combatant has entered the fray. It seems to be big and scary. It's got eight legs, and it is its turn. Would love to continue focusing on Andruk, but unfortunately, there are too many people around it hurting it. Sven, you should also try not to get poisoned. Yes, very good. <laughs> I gotcha. Gonna jump out at the thing that did the most damage to it, which is gonna be Sven. All right, that's a 30 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. That'll hit. Going to be 14 points of damage. Sheepers. And let me get a fortitude save. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, 27. 27 is a success. You are Ooh. also grabbed. I'm grabbed? Mm-hmm. Oh. You are grabbed. So we will put uh, the little hand token on you as a reminder that you are grabbed. <laughs> Should be clear for all of us in the future if we are like, hey, is Sven grabbed? If you have the hand token Ooh, on you, hand. you should be grabbed. Going to come grabbed. back in chomping again at you, Sven. Not going to connect. That is one, two, and then for its third action. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It is going to try and move with Sven. It's going to try to move with Sven. Rules for this. Not a lot of uh, rules is written on this, but I did some research and I liked what I saw. Every space is going to be treated as greater difficult terrain and it needs to roll an athletics check in order to move you. That's going to be going up against your fortitude DC. Uh, like akin to like a shove action, mm -hmm. basically, but it can go in either direction. On a success, you'll move as throw through greater difficult terrain, so like pretty much quarter speed. On a critical success, you'll move at half speed. And then on a failure, you don't move. On a critical failure, it uh, releases you by accident. So I liked that. I liked that little summation, and it's going to try to move with Sven away. First, it's going to do an athletics check up against your fortitude save, or your fortitude DC, rather. That is a 31. That will hit, yep. That'll hit. Is that, what's your fortitude DC? Uh, 19. 19, so that's a crit. It is going to move half speed. 5, 10. Ah, so, so we are leaving. Okay. Confirmed. Got it. <laughs> this is another moment of not having too much free will. <laughs> <laughs> the ether spider moves back towards the precipice, maybe to bring Sven into its lair and devour him? I don't know. It's hard to say. But it's the professor's turn. What are we, 30-some episodes in? We were overdue for a new character. Yeah. All right, fellas, let's see what's in that hallway. Um, no, the... No. Give me that look, Will. The professor has got to uh, run down, run after the uh, spider, Oop. and again... Um, hold on, what? hold on. One thing that wasn't mentioned in the stuff that I read was that an athletics check to shove is an attack action. This I think oh, be would be is an athletics bit. attack yeah. as, as an athletics check that should have the attack trait, mm -hmm. given how you'd be struggling. Right. So I'm gonna haul him back. Phew. 
five feet. So it'll be two thirds speed for greater difficult terrain, I think is the, it's not three quarters, it's two, it's two thirds. So you did. Yeah, we wouldn't want to make that math harder. No. <laughs> Honestly, it's because most things have, uh, I think it's because most things have 30 feet of movement. So it's sort of like a seven eighth steel here. So let me just get out a protractor and see how these angles work out. And let's really get into it. All right. So for the folks listening at home. <laughs> <laughs> moves 10 feet away from Sven. The professor, it is your turn. The professor is again going to attempt to produce flame at the spider. Producing flame. That is a 21 to hit. 21 is a hit. Excellent. Oh. So that's <laughs> that's uh, six points of damage. Six points of damage. Not so great when you say it out loud, I guess. Mm. I can invoke the spider's true name. <laughs> Arachnophorus the Mighty. Dan Loglegs. <laughs> oh, my God. How did Holy you shit, how'd you figure it out? Dan Longlegs. <laughs> Dan Longlegs, how the hell are you? <laughs> Dan Longlegs from the Ether Plane, how the hell are you? Nick, Holy Nick the snake. cow. Uh, the professor, that is two actions. Um, yes, and the, and the, the professor will, um, will uh, spread out uh, further uh, southeast uh, to the right of the spider in an attempt to uh, get its uh, attention. All right, the professor runs down, trying to get the spider's attention. Sven, it's your turn. What do you do? Yeah, um, can I still swing as normal when I'm grabbed? The conditions are immobilized and flat-footed. Those are the two things that you get, and then you take penalties on manipulate actions. Or you have to succeed at a flat check to use manipulate actions. Yeah. So I, I believe you can still just swing. Yeah. Sweet. I'm going to double swing at him. Okay, another 31. That's a crit. A crit uh, for 27 points of damage. 27 points of damage. Oh, my God. If you can connect on this next one, Sven, you could do it. Let's see. Oh, and that's a 20 for a 32, baby. Uh, that's also going to crit. The dice work when you need them to work. Those are pretty dog shit rolls, though. That's better. 11 points of damage. 11 points of damage, 7 hit points left. Woo! You kill the ether spider. I see your hammer coming down on top of its head, your sickle coming out, slicing its throat. It releases you, but a little bit too close to the edge of the precipice. Sven, I'm going to need a reflex save. Oh. There's always a catch. Yep. I mean, we hope so. Uh, uh, Not great. 11. 11. No catch. And you fall. Give me another roll. You can grab an edge. Huh? Jesus Christ. Uh, 14. 14. And you make contact. And there's that second in the movie where the music cuts out and you pause. And then it breaks. And you fall 40 feet down into the precipice, taking 20 points of damage. Oof. This is where we find out if Sven has a similar fear condition to Alex Honnold. Was that scary or like fine? <laughs> what was scary? Ooh. <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't get instructed to be scared, so I wasn't scared. I'm Thank a you, scared. professor. <laughs> and imagine what that looks like from where everyone else is standing. Kills the spider. Moment of victory, and then whoa, whoa. very fly, you fools! Very, <laughs> very like wily coyote. Yeah, 
and you have been re-exposed to this white powder. So you're high as a kite. Um, <laughs> no, I don't see anything regarding uh, the an immunity. So I think re-exposure is going to require another fortitude DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, he continues to party. Uh, that's going to be a 26. 26. All right. Yeah, you are able to <laughs> just blow it straight back out. No sleep till Brooklyn. <laughs> and you were 40 feet down there. Uh, everyone else is like largely in darkness up on top, though. Oh, that's right. He had the light. <laughs> which is which is not a problem for Eugene, as we've established. <laughs> that's actually really fucking sick, though. Like the idea he like slams it with his hammer. It dies. He falls over backwards. And then it's just black. And we hear him. Boom. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Ben, what's your perception <laughs> modifier? It's a plus eight. Plus eight. All right. That's good. What are people doing? Is anybody casting light for those who don't have dark vision? Yes, I'll... Uh... Hmm. Do you have it? I have a Is that torch. One of your oh, you have a torch that I can produce flame onto. <laughs> Halakahuti. All right. So you are also going to be producing light, Professor, and your one of your hands is occupied with a torch. Oh yeah, a torch. What do you do? Well, we're going to go over to the precipice and see what we can see here. See what we can see, uh, uh, Professor. Just one moment. Let me just. Tie you off, okay? Um, and Leighton oh, is gonna... I haven't dipped into the powder. No need to worry about that. <laughs> Rudy is tapping his nose as he says that. <laughs> What's left of it? Um, <laughs> blood streaming from both nostrils. <laughs> um, Leighton is going to tie a rope around your belly uh, and then around Sven's. Uh, I'm sorry, not around Sven. Uh, and then around Claude's saddle. Uh, yes. Thank you. Now, what's your perception modifier? My perception modifier? Seven. Mm-hmm. Seven. Oh, wait a second. So as you're doing this, what you fail to notice is that your curse state is picking up the dust on the floor and is cycloning it up. <laughs> I'm going to need fortitude saves from the professor, Layton, and Claude. Oh, baby. Layton, is, so it, is it just me, or are we several feet above the ground right now? Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> oh, we are high as a kite. <laughs> All right, Professor. I've got a lot of really great through. ideas I want to talk to you about. <laughs> crypto, it's all crypto. <laughs> uh, 24 for Layton and 28 for Claude. 25 for the Professor. Pass, pass, pass. My goodness, my goodness. Uh, Leighton, now that you have noticed it, you do believe that if you stay there, it's going to keep kicking it up. Um, I'm just going to fuck that. off real quick. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, you do that now. Fuck off. Is it guano, <laughs> Sam? Is it, it's guano. Is it, it's, yeah. yeah, you can give, give, me, give me a nature check. Oh, um, we should be to... wearing masks. <laughs> Natural one. <laughs> you have no idea what it is. Yeah, like, obviously. Like, that seems I right. said yes. I, Sam said that to Cole. <laughs> the game master did not say that to Layton. Understood. Um, do you want to roll a nature check, Eugene? You're over there. Yeah, we'll roll nature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, it's a natural 20 on the die for a <laughs> 20, 29. Eugene's like, you guys are going to want to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is good stuff, man. <laughs> 
yeah, you know that this is uh, guano fungus that people are resisting successfully so far. It isn't as bad or as hard to save against, uh, you know, as the ether spider venom. But once you are, once you contract the disease guano, from guano fungus, uh, you will be enfeebled one, and that will just carry you through, or that will carry through until the disease is cured. This is bullshit. I've done my research. Ace Ventura felt fucking great after this experience. <laughs> And I refuse to bow down to this kind of authoritarian malarkey. It was also Jim Carrey yeah. in the 90s, so he was it's built different. Ventura stand over here. That movie holds up! Uh, <laughs> that movie doesn't hold up. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's bad. Um, Sven, you're down there. You're poking around. You see that there's a lot of this 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 poop around. Uh, Eugene, one other thing that you, you would know is that uh, barring some sort of like outside gusts of wind kicking up the guano fungus uh you have some time in a place with guano fungus before it becomes dangerous you know that it's going to be measured in minutes as opposed to seconds heard that thanks sven down there at the bottom of this chasm you can see looking around that there's a lot more raw stone on the walls you think that this is a sinkhole as opposed to uh, like a basement or something that had been carved out. Sure. It doesn't look intentional down here, fellows. Um, get that going. I bet it does appear to be safe ground if you'd like to come down, I suppose. Um, and Sven, as you look around down there, you see one sort of pile of guano that seems to be almost humanoid in shape. Oh, there is a pile of shit here that looks like a man. <laughs> Don't know if you want to come check that out. Does it look like someone shaped it? I would like it? to revise my previous Maybe It's just statement. the incredible head trauma I just suffered, but <laughs> I can't help myself. really kind of caught me off guard here. Honestly, you make such a strong case, and I don't think anything else could be more fascinating right now. That's the spirit, Eugene. Come on down. I think it's best if I stay up here. Uh, where, where do I see this man of shit? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, no, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, Sven, do you investigate? Uh, no, I don't want to investigate when I'm alone down here. Um, yeah, that spells disaster. Um, so Sven is going to wait until uh, somebody else comes down. Let's assume that Eugene is still detecting magic. Is there anything still? Eugene is detecting magic, but it is a little too far out of range. The pit that he's in is 40 feet down detect magic's range is 30 feet let me tell you it looks magical it looks so good like like the david like it's an adonis but it's just carved of bat shit it's beautiful yeah it does look like classical in my heart covered in guano uh, do you have any more beast forms left eugene do we have any more what left beast shapes can you like turn into a bee or something like that or a rope if there's a rope yeah, i could yeah can you turn into the famous animal rope <laughs> nice. a snake yeah nice. yeah no i could i don't we went to the zoo and we saw this really cool rope <laughs> yeah i don't i don't want to do that if we have to fight again i want to be able to use it to it's fight snakes so. okay well okay. someone just has a rope down then don't leave me down here to die thank you <laughs> 
uh, Duke has a second rope. He can he can um, you know pass over to Leighton and Claude to to throw it down to. Um, Sven, you have kept your eye no, I'm on this pile, going there. Oh, and right. it doesn't seem to be moving at all. It seems like That's it would good. have had to have sat there for years oh, in good. order for it to be this caked in shit. Oh, good. We would like at least one more of you down here before we get this going. Druk <laughs> uh, um, throws down the rope after having tied it off to Claude. Come on down, then. Not just the rope. I honestly think you should oh. come up here, friend. I, I think that makes more sense, buddy. Yes, Okay, Sven. but I'm really drawn to this now. I just, in seeing it in a little better light, it's got really nice biceps. It looks very handsome. All right. Uh, it's not selling it to you. <laughs> yeah. I, did you fall on your head? Yes, very hard from 40 feet. It's a okay. wonder I'm not dead. Sven, I'm going to talk very slowly right now. Okay. Sven, climb... <laughs> Rope. Not you trying to get inside my <laughs> head, too. Not going to work on me, mister. <laughs> How about this? Andruk, climb the rope. <laughs> ha. See how that fits you. <laughs> oh, dear. The boy's gone stir-crazy from getting hit on the head. I'm bleeding from one ear. What you see, it's not... You don't see, like, swamp thing, okay? <laughs> what you see is it looks like an armored skeleton covered in backwater. It looks like, you know, you're not sure if you see like a skull or something like that, but that's what you're, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at <laughs> armored covered in poop. Okay, this is a must touch. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm gonna saddle over to it. Okay, now this is when Andrew starts getting worried. He's gonna, like, all right, no, Sven, better just stay there. And uh, he's gonna start going down the rope. Uh, carefully now, Andrew. Remember, that's hazardous to breathe in. Holding his breath. Yeah, you're able to like repel down. You join him, and you find an inanimate skeleton in a suit of armor. Hey, isn't this awesome? I told you. <laughs> I am glad that I have y'all that on your toes. I, I, I am, I am happy about that. I'm glad there's a head. sense of danger. Uh, but this does not come to life once, life once you touch it. As you get closer, you see that on just the other side, there is a broken falchion. The sword appears not to work, but there is a untarnished gem in the hilt of it. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Everything okay. here is normal except this untarnished random gem. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's a must touch. Yeah, that's absolutely. We're circus folk. Like a moth to flame. <laughs> All right, give me a fate roll, Sven. Check. Yeah, it's the only D hundred. No, um, <clears throat> no, you pick both of them up. You can make your way back up. What are your climb abilities, both of you? Uh, athletics, you mean? Yeah, sorry. What are your athletics? Both of you are pretty high on that, right? I've got a plus ten. Same. Nope, plus seven, excuse me. We're going to hand wave it up the rope, and you get up there. Eugene, as they come in within 30 feet of you, you begin uh, to feel magical auras as they haul those things up. New magical auras. And Eugene will relay this info. There's something magic. Came back. It's probably these fancy gems that I found down there. What? Too bad they're all me and Andrew's. <laughs> Only the bulge help. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, Sven. All right. Yeah, let's sit down for a minute. Um, and no, so I can start keep going. Treat wounds. <laughs> so you uh, begin treating wounds. The magic users, I think Eugene in particular, who's interested in magical items, is going to start cleaning it off. And you do find magical runes on the armor. It is plus one full plate. Ooh. Very nice. Whoa. And the falchion is no longer good, but you do find a fear gem affixed to it. That's what we're talking about. That tracks. Ooh, spooky, scary. And I am sharing with you right now in handouts both of these items, which is something I just learned I could do today. Wow. That's awesome. Beautiful. Thanks, Sam. Look, buying this whole book... Uh, on Roll20. I can't remember how much it was. I think it was, it was less than 30 bucks, though. And it is so amazing running a campaign with the full map set that Roll20 creates. It's, That's it's... why we're the only officially licensed 20 podcast. Okay. Uh, cool. This podcast brought to you by 20 <laughs> <laughs> And po- <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody looked up the Fear Gem? I did. Well, yeah, it's pretty you just cool. Showed it to us. Yeah. Dark yeah. smoke seems to writhe within this obsidian gem. When you activate the gem, you make an intimidating strike as the fighter feat. If you have the intimidating strike feat, increase the frightened condition value from this intimidating strike to frightened 2 or frightened 3 on a critical hit. Wow. Consumable, enchantment, fear, magical, mental talisman are its properties. But a neat little thing and it's worth 20 gold pieces should you decide to sell it. Nice. Very cool. I think we should decide to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's late to go down the hallway. I feel like God. <laughs> Before we go, these are two super good items. Do we want to put them to use? Does anybody want to put on this armor? Does anybody want to affix this? Oh, gem? amazing that you should offer up these to people. Huh, look at the... Yes, I will take the fear gem. Thank you. <laughs> That was Cole's voice. <laughs> Layton still coughing guano. Wait, what is the... I, and the... Hey, guys, can I come over now? <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to hang out with anybody? I think I'm good on the on the stone plate or whatever. Who, who, yeah, I don't who, think you can use it. Who wants it? I think that sounds a, like an Andruk thing. I don't think that any of us have... Yeah, I don't, but I don't, yeah. even then, I don't think either of us have heavy armor proficiency. No. So Fuck. we can't use it yet, mm, but we sucks. can carry it around. Sell this off later. On Claude, maybe? Is that a lot? Uh, cool. Here we go, loading up the horse like he's not the one killing everything. Let's just go back and give it to Ron. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Ron will take care of yeah, it for he us. Yeah, might like it. He gets <laughs> killed very often. I'm just picturing like just the hobbits when they steal the orc armor. You know, it's just way too big for them. Uh-huh. Oh, Ron, you're so cute. Are you going down the hallway? Yes. All right, Sven's in the lead. We got marching order behind him, standard as usual. Uh, you, you guys can move me. I'm just doing the loot sheet. All right, what are the highest perceptions in the crew? Mine's plus 10. Plus 10? I'm plus 11. Plus 10, plus 11. Okay. And as we're in exploration mode, who is, like, seeking, who is... You're pinging detect magic, Eugene. I know that's your standard. Leighton's thinking about things. Leighton is thinking about things. You're investigating. Yes. Uh, Drew could be scouting. Yeah, scouting. Drew, you're scouting. All right, so you'll be out ahead along with Sven. 
You scout up to the first intersection. You can see that this hallway also leads down into the chasm room that you were just in. There's probably another beautiful man of shit down there. <laughs> Continuing to move forward, you get to the turning point, And again, this is dark. So you've got Sven with his light and... Duke has dark vision too, just FYI. Oh, you have dark vision? Oh, you're half elf. Half orc. Half orc. I forgot that. You're a half orc. Yeah. 100%. I don't think that ever. I don't think that don't ever think came I up. Ever knew that. How, how would that come up? Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> when we introduced our characters to each other. Fuck. <laughs> we'll just decide it. He's a half orc like a second ago to get look the at, dark look vision. At my, get look at my. Look at my out of here. fucking portrait. It's green. <laughs> His skin is green because he's always been a half orc. Well, could have been a goblin. Then he would also have dark vision, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, As has been confirmed. Yeah, I had I had forgotten that he was a half orc, and I did know. All right, so you half orc, uh, half human. Wouldn't I mean, you like yeah, to know? Yes, yes. <laughs> I believe that is the only way Pathfinder lets us do it officially. I think that we can't. Like, Railroad like, again, but yeah. Looking up the hallway. You see, just at the edge of the dim light, you think that it opens as you continue to move forward. Looks you like see a half that this hallway intersects with what you believe is the hallway leading back towards the Skulker's quarters. It is, in fact, yeah. a box and not a horseshoe. But there's this one little... Yeah, I want to go door. check out that door mm-hmm. to the left there. So you're going up to check out that door. Andruk, you've got your head on a swivel. As Fend begins to peer around to the west at this intersection in the hallway. Your eyes are drawn to the wall to the east. And you're like, wait a second. And you spy a hidden doorway. Ooh. And I'm doing one hell of a polygon reveal right here. Watch them work, folks. Let them cook. Ooh. Polygon revealing. Polygon revealing. Oh, oh that's a big-ass oh. hidden room. With yeah, giant that is feet. that is not the hidden room. That oh. is the room that Spend is looking at to the west. Oh, I see. Andruk's eyes were drawn to the east, where he has spied the hidden door in the wall on that side. Looking over to the west, you have found the central staircase. This room has a sloped ceiling at the eastern end, which accommodates a staircase ascending steeply upward from the middle of the room. Round alcoves to the north and south each bear stone dioceses with the booted feet of a statue, but both statues are broken off at the shins. Hmm. And then on Druk, you're looking at that wall over towards the west, and you see a panel. Very difficult to spot, but you were able to do it. And you push on this panel, and, chink, and then you feel it sort of slide off to your left. And you look into a chamber that seems untouched for years and years. And behind you, you hear... Let's do some touching. Holy shit, I had no idea that was Run, there. Jesus, announce yourself. <laughs> Ron, what? don't sneak up on us like that. You don't know how worried these guys were that I was talking to a man made of shit back there. <laughs> Ron, do you want this armor? Stonewalled again. Ron, you gotta work on that. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, sure. What, yeah. Looks looks big. Uh, yeah, no, I'll take it. Yeah, it looks right. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll take it. Forever? No. <laughs> no, certainly not. Well. Forever as your friends were. <laughs> I don't know if I want it. Well, that's uh, that's your cross to bear, I suppose. All right, I'll, I'll keep it forever. <laughs> we're going to have to work on our communication style. Starts putting it on, scratching Ron on every single piece of armor. <laughs> well, it's magical, so that doesn't stay. This is nice. I like this. The metal just regrows. <laughs> uh, so as you are in the hallway, after about 30 seconds, the door slides back into place, cutting off the room again. Let's go in the room. Hit the panel and do the, the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you hit the room. Uh, it is completely bare. A bare stone chamber, devoid even of decoration, apart from four alcoves to the west each bearing the image of another tower, only slightly different from the Aaron Tower in shape and size. Uh, do we like see any, like do we recognize these other towers? Other than the Aaron yeah, Tower? markings, engravings, can we roll perception or occult? Society? <clears throat> you can try to recall knowledge about them. Yeah. Tell me what you think you'd be wrong looking at, um, you know, building towers. Where, where in your minds would you reach for this information? Yeah. Oh, can I go lower roads? Like landmarks? Yeah, you can do lore roads. Can I do lore Absalom? Do you have lore Absalom? I do. You can always roll it, um, and I'll tell you whether or not it's particularly lore useful. Underworld. Uh, what'd you get for lore roads, Layton? Sixteen. You're not sure. You don't think you've you've heard of these in your in the the, the you know around the campfire traveling around? They're not roads. These are not roads. Twenty for Lord Absalom. Uh, Lord, Lord Absalom. The professor got a promotion. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, they call him the professor or Lord Absalom. Uh, <laughs> you, from that, uh, with a 20, y- you don't know anything about these towers. Ah, uh, yes. This reminds me of. Well, never mind. Okay, what does a natural 20 do for Lord Ursine? <laughs> Uh, Definitely not a bear. Yeah, you <laughs> are, bears don't live there. You are not not build sure. that. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying that it's a bear. I'm saying that there's nothing to do with a bear. <laughs> the furthest from it. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Laura, Laura Ursine, um provides no new information. Okay, about well, if there's yeah. a bear center no, in the universe, you're looking at the things that are farthest. Can, that's how you piss away a natural twenty. Cool, Sam. Can the professor uh, try and tune in with uh, his diabolic blood and see and roll a religion check, or is the one that I just did the one and done? No, you can try again. You can try a different knowledge. That's a twenty religion check. Twenty religion with the with the in in a religious context, you may have some awareness that uh, the Aaron Tower may not be wholly unique. Um, perhaps there are others like it, it's some some part in the back of your mind is like wait a minute seeing these are there are there other towers like no one is this is like you are not at a place of worship right but with Leighton's role last time about this the insight gained from society that this is very much a staple of this place the knowledge religion is like yeah this isn't holy but like there's there's some reference some some Aridin idea that maybe maybe this isn't the only one of these things but 
That's uh, you're, you're not certain. You don't have any insight beyond that. Sam, the door is closed, right? The door is closed. You have found what you believe is a safe place to rest. Exactly what Drew was hey. suggest. Drew was going to say, "Hey, y'all, I'm a, I'm a little nervous about Sven's head injury. Uh, I would suggest maybe we could find, use this place to, to rest for a while and keep an eye on him. Does that work for everyone? Should mm-hmm. he go to sleep after suffering a traumatic brain injury? <laughs> Someone just make sure to keep me awake by reading like baseball card statistics or something just to keep my mind entertained. And that is what we will fade out on as we end this Mickey week's mantle. Everyone Wait, Ron, get the fuck in here. You're terrible at stealth. Get in the room, you... God, clang, 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 cl